Hi, everyone, and welcome to the In the Shoes of podcast, where I make it my goal to see life as much as possible from someone else's point of view. Just like we all have a unique heartbeat, every single one of us sees life only from our own perspectives. Think about it. Can you see and process life exactly as Elon Musk sees and processes life? The answer is you can't, and it applies to every living conscious being here on this pale blue dot. What's up, what's, take two, what's up everyone, my name is Jeremy Nickel, and this is another episode of In the Shoes Of, and I have Erica Blocker here with me today, and I met our Erica at Podcast Movement 2017 over in Anaheim, California. I didn't actually go to Disneyland, but Erica, did you go to Disneyland? Not this trip. I went last time and I was in Anaheim. Uh-huh. Okay. Was it fun? Did you eat a lot of cotton candy and things like that? It was a lot of fun. I took my kids and it was a, the lines were really long, but the, it was worth it. The rides were amazing. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Maybe I'll reconsider going then because I think I just think of all the lines and I just immediately my brain just tells me that it's not a possibility. So... But you should do it. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll do it. I'll do it. (laughs) Cool. So I'm going to start off with the first question, which is what shoes are you wearing right now? If any, (laughs) we don't wear shoes in our house, so I'm not wearing any shoes right now. That's totally cool. Can you tell me what the last pair of shoes that you wore were? Yes. They were some sandals that I wore this morning when I wore when I went to church. That's awesome. Could you send me a picture of those sandals so that I can put it on the on the blog and in iTunes so that the whole world can see what those exact sandals look like when you uh, went to church? Absolutely. I do you want me to do it now or later? Oh, you can just send it to me, yeah, whenever. Later. Yeah, on. I'll send it, sure. Okay. That's so cool. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, thank you. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get start getting into some nitty-gritty and just as a reminder, like this podcast is all about, and I definitely want to want to talk about your business, what you do, uh, and with your podcast, with uh, how you're helping moms across the world. But really, what this is about primarily is getting to know how you actually see life, how you interpret life, what your perspective is on things. So, the the first way I like to try to do that is by asking you how you define yourself in the third person. What makes you you? Oh, that's a great question. I've never been asked that before, Jeremy. Ah, first time so, for everything, right? Yeah, absolutely. So how in third person, Erica is dynamic. She is unique. She's very caring, compassionate, and concerned about the well-being of others and always trying to bring out the best in other people and helping them to see the positive side of, of their circumstances and helping them to see the possibilities that exist also in their lives, despite whatever circumstances they're facing or had in the past or anything that they feel stifled by or stuck in, just helping them to see the way a way out and also how to live in their purpose and be the show up as the best expression of who they are. She's also a very dedicated mother and very focused on getting her kids set up to be successful in life, helping them to see the power and importance of following their dreams. She's also very, very passionate about education and learning and always looking for opportunities to teach and learn herself as well. And she just loves life. She's a lover of 
love and peace and joy and happiness. She loves music. She loves to help people. She she's carefree. She's spontaneous. And she just looks for the beauty in all things. And she's very um, faithful and spiritual and connected to God and looking just to be the best expression of herself as well. And what do you think drives Erica staying in the third person here? Might as well. It's kind of fun. What drives mm-hmm. her to be concerned about the welfare of of other people? That's just the way she's wired. She's always been one of, one of those types of people to care about others. Like even as a young girl, she always felt compassion and sad for the kids who got picked on in school and always kind of stood up for them and protected them whenever she felt like they were being treated unfairly. Um, and she's just always had a love for for human beings and just kind and caring. And I, and I believe that it's something she got from her dad because her dad was also very kind and and giving and her grandmother is the same way. And so it's just something probably that was passed down to her genetically, but also just her, her love of people and fairness and kindness and all things that are good. I think that's what drives her to care so much about other people. That's beautiful. And you answered my follow-up question within your answer of like, wow, why do you think you are like that? And, you know, uh, right there, just education of that your parents have given you the, you know, what they passed down to you, whether it's even um, the nurture versus nature thing. I don't even think that's really, I don't know how relevant it is, but obviously that's a really huge key component about, you know, the value in being an awesome parent. So kudos. That's really awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Um, So going now to the first person, when you look at and think of other people, and based on what you've told me, I can assume, what thoughts immediately come to your mind? And I'm talking about the whole spectrum of people, whether it's people that are doing great things or people that, for instance, right now are implementing like ethnic cleansing in Burma, which is a terrible thing. But what, what thoughts come to your head? I think that everyone has a story and a reference point. And so if I if I hear something that I don't quite understand and I'm like, why are they doing that? And I try not to be judgmental because I feel like everyone has a reason, like something that they're doing is because of either something they've learned or something they've always been doing or they've seen other people doing and they think it's right. So I am very observant of people and I like to watch people and study them. I also have a background in psychology, so I tend to study people. I like to understand what they're thinking, why they have certain behaviors, what's driving those behaviors. And I feel like in general, everyone has, like I said, an underlying reason for the way they behave. Either it's nurture, the same, like you said, nature versus nurture, or if it's um, just a choice they make, you know, they decide this is how they want to be in life. And, And I just try not to cast judgment and make make um, assumptions based on things that I see. And I try to just be observant, open, and just, you know, looking to understand people. That's what I, I think that's what I do most is I try to understand where they're coming from and how to help them. If they seem like they're closed-minded or they're stuck, just help them to see a different perspective. Maybe just give them a, a, a new way of looking at things. Of course. Yeah. No, that's a very... We we could probably use more of that sort of mindset when we approach you know other people and understanding their their issues. But getting down to a little bit of a nitty gritty thing, uh, let's say, and, and I don't want to turn this into some morbid hypothetical thing, but 
What if your family was in danger? What if someone... Do you believe that violence is ever appropriate in, let's say, a situation where, uh, you know, one of your kids was in danger because someone was, you know, someone that was not of a stable mind was, you know, trying to harm your children or another family member? How would you react to that? Like in the moment, if I see someone approaching my child with... In the moment, right there, do you think if you had the ability to stop the person with force, and once again, I don't want to make this a morbid thing, do you think that violence would be appropriate in that situation or not? Well, I would definitely jump in and do my best to protect my child. Violence, I don't know, like that relative can be, you know, a relative term, but I would definitely use whatever I needed to do at that point to protect my child. So if I had to pick up a stick or punch the person or whatever, you know, whatever I had to do, I would basically do it in that moment to protect my family. So I really haven't had that many situations. Actually, I can't even think of one example where I had to do that, but um, that's just my, my innate response would be to protect my kids of course my family of -hmm. course and that's you know i i wouldn't expect any other other answer it'd be it'd be crazy for me to actually hear something a little bit different but um yeah it's just interesting to think about uh, you know kind of our our primal even need we we definitely have to we protect our own right uh and at the same time we don't want to incite more and like you said violence is a very relative term we'll do what we have to do to stop it doesn't mean that well i need to definitely go get a machine gun and start you know gunning down everybody where every time i see injustice like you know you see some vigilante in a movie but Mm -hmm. it's just something that i I don't know it's something i'm really interested in hearing from from other people how they would react in certain situations like that Mm -hmm. yeah i think that's like a like you said a no-brainer it's kind of like in the wild a mother's going to protect her young and it's just natural, right? Our instincts to protect what's ours. So yeah, hopefully I'll never be faced with that type of situation, Jeremy, but it's always good to think about, you know? Yeah, no, believe me. I hope I don't wish that on anyone at all. And obviously, yeah, I don't want that for sure, but this is giving me a good, good view into, into how you see things. That's really cool. So let's go a little bit lighter here then. And what is your what is your fundamental passion in life? Or, and are you living that passion right now? Wow. Oh, man. I feel like, you know what, Jeremy? That's not a good question for me because I have so many different passions. I You're going to be love, preaching to okay. the choir then because that's me big time. So you might as well just go. I mean, I'm fine. Right? All right. <laughs> All I so can do is cool give you amens have... to it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's cool that I have more than one, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Because I learned that you, you know, we're multifaceted, we're multi-talented people, we're not just one, and we're also multi-passionate. So for so many years, I beat myself up about it, like, oh my gosh, how come I just can't find that one thing that I love and just be good at it? But I realized that I have multiple, multiple talents, multiple gifts, and multiple passions. So at different stages in my life, I'm going to be passionate about other things. But for the most part, I think the running theme that I'm still very passionate about is learning, teaching, inspiring, helping, encouraging, and help, you know, I said helping already, supporting people to see and be their best. Like knowing that there's never a limit on our our abilities and the things that we can achieve in life and just helping people to understand that 
even if your dreams don't look the same that they did when you were a child, you still dreamt about something. And if you're not living that dream or if you're not even touching on that dream or, or that dream is so far away from you that you've forgotten it, then I feel like you're losing and you're missing out on one of the beauties of life because life is all about living, living, right? Not just existing. <laughs> we don't want to just coast and get by. I feel like life is like we can make it so much more better when we take into account the things that we love to do and do more of that. So I'm really passionate about like helping moms, especially because I feel like we are the ones who put everyone before ourselves. You know, we, we, we naturally do it. A lot of times we don't even realize that we're doing it, but because we're so dedicated to our children and our family and everyone around us, it's my, I feel like it's my mission to encourage women and let them know that it's okay to have a dream outside of being a mother. It's okay for you to want something that's personal and for you to go after it and that you don't have to feel guilty and you're not selfish and you're not a bad person. And that doesn't mean that your kids aren't important to you, but it's just that you also have a life and you were born with gifts and you were born with a purpose and you have cer certain things that you were brought here to do, right? So we all have a purpose in life and we all have something to accomplish. And I feel like if we sell ourselves, if we don't live out our dreams, we're selling ourselves short and we're disappointing our creator, which I believe is God, who brought us here to do certain things, right? So you're gifted in certain areas, Jeremy, that I'm not gifted in, but you're doing your thing and only you can do it that way. And the same goes for me, right? So we all have those things. And I just feel like that is one of my passions. My, that's my, that is my like, leading passion is to help people understand that there's so much more that you can do with your life than what you're probably doing right now and helping them figure out how to do that. Beautifully put. And I like that. I'm going to probably steal that phrase, leading passion, because with us who have multiple passions, definitely, definitely, uh, there's got to be one that's kind of a leading one. And then the other is like, you know, it's like a hierarchy of passions, I guess, something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And two other points that well, going back to the first part of it, first point, point number one, yes, life is not meant to be just coasting along, uh, you know, like, well, I just work this mundane job, mundane job that I don't really care about. Come home. I'm just going to, you know, I don't know, watch Happy Days for the rest of, I don't know, whatever show, you know, every single night. And I'm not going to do anything of purpose. And I think that I really, all my dreams are gone because I have kids now. I, And that's leading to the next point you made, which was really beautifully put that just because you have children doesn't mean that your life is completely over. Sure, it means obviously you know more than anyone, more than myself, I don't, I don't have kids, that it's a lot of sacrifice, obviously, but it doesn't mean that it's like you no longer exist as a person with purpose, right? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Even now, I feel like your purpose is more important because your children are watching everything you're doing. Yes. So we can tell, you know, we can talk all day and tell our kids what to do, but they're they're watching us and we are their first example of what is right in the world. So if I'm teaching my kids, yeah, it's important for you to go after what you want, but I'm sitting on the couch watching Happy Days every day and not even trying, what message am I sending to my children? Right. So, yeah, I think that once we have children, it becomes even more important for us to be authentic in who we are. Like, I can't say that I love life and I'm passionate about pursuing my dreams if I'm just giving up on them because I have kids. And then the flip side to that is 
my my children actually taught me this is that your kids don't want to be the reason why you don't pursue your dreams in life. They don't want to be that thing that that stopped you. That's how does that make them feel? Um, my kids actually taught me that lesson a few years ago when I was trying to. I was kind of like in a place where I didn't really want to do the work I was doing anymore in my business. I kind of felt like I was taking too much time away from my children. And my youngest son, Eric, was struggling in math. So I started to feel like, well, if I took more time to practice his homework with him and and practice whatever, you know, to go over things with him, spend more time on his homework, then he would get better grades. And so I sat them all down one day after school and I was like, okay, guys, I'm going to quit my business. I'm going to stop doing this for a while and just help Eric so he can fix his grades and stuff like that. And so they were like, oh, no, you don't. You're not going to quit your business, mom. Like, <laughs> what are you going to tell all the moms with dreams out there who believe in you? And and then we're, then they were like, uh-uh, you're not going to blame us. Like, Eric will be fine. We'll help him. So the other, you know, the older kids kind of were like stepping in. And it really just, it pa- it made me pause. And I was like, you know what? I never even thought about that. But my daughter was the most vocal one. She was like, absolutely not. We will not be the reason why you did not do whatever it is that you've been doing. So I say all of that to say that our children often can be our motivation and our inspiration for going after the things that we want. And sometimes we have the wrong perspective about it. We feel like we need to stop everything because of them. But often I feel like it's the reverse. We should continue because of them. Beautifully put. I I truly agree with that. That's really cool. And it's actually, that's something that I, I really hadn't given too much thought to. But yeah, I think a lot of people probably really need to hear that. And maybe they can breathe that really huge sigh of, oh, relief and maybe a little <laughs> bit of excitement. And so just for a quick plug too, right here in the middle, uh, can you tell tell me what about what your uh, your business is that you're doing right now, Moms with Dreams? Sure. Thank you so much. I am, I don't really like to call myself a coach, but I am more like a strategist. I help women, working moms especially, figure out what they want to do. If they have had a dream to start a business or go back to school or write a book, I help them come up with the strategy and walk with them through the process of living out their dream. And that looks like helping them come up with the schedule to maintain everything that they already have and then integrate their new dream or their passion or their thing that they're going to work on into their already busy life. So that's what I do in my business. I also have Moms with Dreams University, which will be relaunching soon. And I teach courses there, which also support women in their journey to figuring out what they want to do, whether it's discovering their purpose, starting a podcast, going to school, whatever it is, I'll have different courses. So that'll be launching soon. And then of course I have the podcast called Moms with Dreams. And it's it's a really cool podcast. It's it's I love it because I get to showcase awesome women from all over the world who are living out their their passion, doing what they love and still being amazing moms. So you get to hear real stories from real women who are out there doing it and hearing their strategies, what they're doing, their challenges, all of the, you know, their journey and it's really inspiring and and I I really do love the fact that I get to talk to so many awesome women and get more of their perspectives as well because I learn from them just as they learn from me. So it's a great thing. Super super great. And what is a where can people learn more about about Moms with Dreams? 
they can go to ericablocker.com or momswithdreams.com and you'll find my podcast there. You'll also find a little bit about me. I'm actually in a transition right now. So you'll go there. And if depending on when you're listening to this podcast, it might still say Erica Gordon, which was my old married name, but I'm divorced. And so I'm changing everything over to my maiden name, which is Erica Blocker. So I'm super excited about that. But you'll get to see, you get to read about my story and um, some of my life challenges and the things that I'm doing and also get to see, listen to the podcast there as well. Excellent. Yeah. And I definitely did get to read through the website and I, I definitely recommend everyone taking a chance to, to look through it. Cause it's really cool. Uh, you've, you've led an interesting, it's been a journey for you for sure with its ups and downs, it sounds like. And yes. I want to touch on something, something we talked about at the podcast movement conference. When I was talking with you, I mentioned that like in the first season, it was a little bit, I have a, a mixture of, of people and, and, let me step back a little bit and say that just as a human race, genetically, there's hardly any difference whatsoever between us with, with regard to our DNA structure, with all that good stuff, you know, but somehow, and I've been listening to a new podcast that I can't remember the name of, I'll try to plug it in here. All right, it's been a minute since I spoke with Erica, and I'm still editing this episode as I speak right now. The podcast that I was talking about there, I had just started listening to it, and it's called Scene on Radio, and that's Scene with S-C-E-N-E. The series is called Seeing White. It's hosted by John Bewin, and I won't give anything away, but I believe that it's probably one of the most important podcast series that especially us in America that we can listen to, but really in a global sense, I feel that it's pertinent. And it just, it shatters so many crazy paradigms. I, I can't overstate the value of that podcast series. So please go listen to it, download it. Um, it's, it's really worth it. Again, the podcast is Seen on Radio. S-C-E-N-E on radio. And the series is called Seeing White. I wanted to find out from you how in this country, being a person of color, how that's affected you in your in your journey with not only everyday life, but of creating your own business and everyday interactions, or if it's not affected you. Hmm. That's a good one, Jeremy. I probably, uh, let me see. Well, I know that, okay, so I'm going to take you back to when I was a child because this is what I can remember. I honestly, as an adult, haven't really experienced many issues, conflicts, or problems related to race. So I don't really have a good story about that. But I know that when I was growing up, I grew up in a predominantly white um you know, pretty affluent area. Mm -hmm. And I, um, so I, I, and I, like I said, I always been very interested in education. So I always excelled in school. I was always, you know, like one of the high achievers, A students, all of that. So I speak probably, you know, I, I spoke very intelligently from a young age. And I remember when I was a young, when I was a girl, like when we would go to family functions and my cousins would all be there 
they would always say that I sound white. Like they're like, you talk like you're white. And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> I didn't understand. And I always felt like I knew it was an insult, but I didn't understand like, well, how am I supposed to talk? So then it made me self-conscious about my, the way I speak, right? I started to think like, is there something wrong with the way I'm talking? And though, but then when I went back home and I was around with my friends and went to school, there was no issue. So I started to feel like, oh, well, am I really black? Like, do, you know, what's, what's going on? Like, do I, am I, do I fit in with my own people or do I fit in more with whites because of the environment that I've been raised in? Mm -hmm. So I think that uh, growing up, that was always kind of like a concern of mine. Did I have enough of the black culture in me? Was I black enough? And just, you know, being comfortable around other black people outside of, you know, as I grew up, it didn't really, I think I kind of adjusted because I had, you know, I just mix, mix, I mix in with other people naturally. Sure. And I think I do that because I grew up around a lot of whites, but I'm also black. So I kind of know how to, you know, um, I don't know what the word is right now, but I kind of know how to like get along with all types of people. So yeah, sure. And I think a, a lot of us it definitely can, you know, do that. It's like, it doesn't, we realize that, well, it doesn't, I don't really care. I want to, I would mm -hmm. love to just hang out with, you know, just anybody. But uh, did you, and did you come to any, uh, and sorry to interrupt you if I, if I did, but did you come to any resolution with that when, you know, you had those questions like, well, am I losing a part of, I don't know, of, uh, you know, my, my uh, black culture, if you will, or am I being, is, did you come to any like, oh, well, you know what, here's, here's what I believe about this and I'm okay with who I am, where I am and what I'm doing and all that. It, is there anything there? Yeah, it actually, it, it like triggered a desire in me to learn more about my culture and my history. Cause I felt like growing up in, in that school district, I don't know if it was that school district or just, it's like that everywhere. I'm sure that they're are some differences depending on where you live, but I didn't, I wasn't taught a lot about black culture. I wasn't taught a lot about how to celebrate it, how I wasn't taught about like the Kings and Queens of Africa, all of the things that I should have been proud of, you know, for being black. I, did, I wasn't taught that. So I went on my own mission and I was, I set out to like learn more of the real history of black people and the, our accomplishments and the things that we contributed to this country and how, the country wouldn't have been built without our sweat and tears and and our the lives that were sacrificed and sacrificed and all of that stuff and so that's kind of it it it, it um I don't know that was like the catalyst for me to to learn more about my my culture and so that I'm glad it happened because I think if it didn't I don't know if I would have had such an interest in in knowing more about my black culture yeah oh most definitely yeah I mean at the time it probably stung a little bit but that was definitely a good catalyst for getting you to to learn more. And I, that's awesome. Do you have any, if you have any uh, recommendations with regard to books that if anyone else who's listening is interested in, like, you know what, I, even of, of whatever race, whatever culture, it was like, well, I would be interested in learning more about, you know, the, the culture of, of being, of the black culture of, you know, kings and queens of various nations in Africa. That'd be, that'd be awesome to, to know about, you know, because I think a lot of people are just mm -hmm. like, oh, we don't, we don't really know. I think we have this vague idea of, we, we know that, like you said, well, I mean, there's a couple things. What's been given to society, you know, is, 
that's indisputable, of course. And then also just, uh, like you said, the blood, blood, sweat, tears, sacrifice, and all the, you know, let's be honest, horrific things that happen. And just the way that, you know, people were brought brought over to uh, mm-hmm. this country. It's it's horrific, right? Um so it's just I think it's good for everyone and I don't I don't mean to I'm not even talking about making people especially maybe like uh people that are that are white feeling guilty or anything in this day and age. I'm just talking about education, knowing what's gone, what's happened throughout history and how there's still things going on that obviously that are, you know, not good that need to be addressed that are maybe not even right in your face like they used to be 300 years ago or whatever. Hey, sorry to interrupt, but this is post-edit Jeremy again. I just want you to know that I'm being pretty light here at this point in time. And after listening to Scene on Radio, not to be at a dead horse, but seriously, you have to listen to that. The the issues right now are, and historically, are worse than I thought. And systemic racism and ultimately hoarding of power is extraordinarily prevalent and needs to be faced. And I'm not going to go into a whole diatribe here, but this definitely deserves further discussion and analysis. So anyway, back to the discussion with Erica. But there's still things that we just need to be aware of, you know? So if there's anything like that that you could recommend just to to gain awareness and to be more knowledgeable as humans here, you know, I think that would Mm -hmm. be awesome to have. Well, the one book that stands out is called Asada. It's spelled A-S-S-A-T-A. And it was the story, I don't remember if it was an autobiography or a biography of Asada Shakur, who was one of the Black Panthers. Mm-hmm. And so that story was very eye-opening because it let me see a different side of the Black Panthers. I had grown up thinking what I knew about them was that they were violent, they were a threat to society, they were dangerous, and it really wasn't that at all. It was an organization that started to support and... and um serve the black community and then you know it was infiltrated by the government and everything got crazy but it was a really the story was really good and I it, it was it was enlightening to me I felt like wow this is part of my story like my history this is a woman who believed in whatever she believed in and she went you know she wasn't afraid to stand up to the police and you know of course now she's exiled from the country country but you know her story is, is very powerful that's a, that's the book one of the books that I read early on that really stands out. I think I read that when I was maybe 17 or 18, like when I started my whole journey. Mm -hmm. So that's a great book to read. And I can't think of anything else, but um, I don't even know. Like you could just Google stuff. Of course. And and there's something you, you mentioned that I wanted to touch on, Jeremy, and I didn't say this before, but you talked about the horrific things that happened. And one of the things that really annoyed me about what I learned in history was that I almost felt like slavery was like, it was just, it was brushed right over. Like the fact that people died on the way over and the way they were treated like animals. I didn't learn any of that until I did my research as a, you know, as a high school graduate or someone later on in my life. Are you serious? And it was just, 
Yeah, because wow. like the way we learned it, it was like, oh yeah, black people were slaves. They were brought over on ships, and we didn't get the details. Like we didn't get the true story. <laughs> it was like one it, sentence and done, and then let's move I mean, on to kinda, something else. Wow. Yeah, it was very, it was very basic. It was brushed over. It was like, and then I, you know, I, I learned more as I got older. But I was just like, wow, I can't believe that it was just diminished so much to where it was like, wow. Yep. So. Yeah, exactly, and it's. I hate that about a lot of the, I don't know, I haven't, you know, I'm not up uh, with all of the things that are going on in education right now with what they're actually teaching, which is something I really probably should be aware of. But yeah, just trying to hide the fact that we have, there's a lot of blood on this this nation's hands, you know, with what's gone, gone on. You're right. Like bringing, you know, enslaving people, bringing them over, tr- literally treated like animals and you know what it's it's like uh it, it doesn't even stop there and then of course it it keeps on going here with enslavement and then we have the native american population too where obviously uh you know that was genocide essentially mm-hmm. uh so in that at another that's another thing we just we almost just cover that up with well the pilgrims came over and made friends exactly with, you know and that's right. why we have thanksgiving and la 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 and santa claus was friends with them too probably it's like mm-hmm. what the hell yeah. are you serious yeah yep yeah that's how yeah that's that's exactly what it was so so i encourage everyone like if you feel like i was kind of blindsided or bamboozled about your history i encourage you to to dig deeper and find out the truth because i mean you know we can't i know that the schools can't do everything but it's our job to really go and find out who you are where you come from learn about your past because that also has a a lot to do with where you are today in life like if you have certain things that you don't know like if you don't know where you come from it's hard to understand where you what you can do right if you don't know you come from kings and queens and you have power and and like intelligence your like ancestors were scholars and they were mathematicians and all these things and you don't know that then it it might make it easy difficult for you to believe that it's anywhere in you especially if that's not something you see every day in your everyday life like if your parents weren't like that if your environment's not supportive of that you might not even know what's in your history and in your blood yep that's super super important that's a really good point just understanding i love that oh seriously i really do love that and i hope that <laughs> is taken home by a lot of people that you are descended from kings and queens and scholars that you know i love that mm-hmm. um going back to i and i don't I, I didn't mean to you know make i don't want to make this whole podcast episode uh you know just about this but i feel like it's very poignant it's very pertinent in this uh, for sure in this day and age and probably will be for a long time but when you talked about the Black Panther movement, that's what a lot of us and me even personally, like the way I was even brought up just in a, you know, all you hear about, all you think about is the violence associated with the Black. You think of Martin Luther King Jr. You think, you know, the peace movement, you think of nonviolent protest and like, yes. And then Black Panther, it's a little bit more edgy. It's a little bit more like, well, I don't know. You know, you think mm-hmm. Malcolm X comes to mind and you think of violence and you think of berets and, and, you know, but it's like totally all these just stereotypes that you have in your head. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if, and do you think that there's a parallel between the Black Panther movement and the Black Lives Matter movement of this day and age? Hmm, definitely, I could see that. 
Because like I could see the that. reason I ask is I think there's a lot of misconceptions around the Black Lives Matter movement. What I had to recently I wrote an article recently just because I I realized that it was so uh, people misunderstood what it was and they were comparing it uh, to the KKK, which was the most absurd thing I could ever imagine. And people saying that, you know, that it's just this violent, whatever, blah, blah, blah group. And it's like, no, you go to their, they don't condone any violence whatsoever. And it's all about equality and uh, et cetera, et cetera, right? Just absurd. So I'm just wondering, uh, like your perspective too, if you thought that. Um, yeah, to be honest with you, I didn't, I don't really, I haven't done any, any real research on Black Lives Matter, but I do know the premise is what you said, that it's about, you know, not, it's not about anti-white or anti-other cultures. It's about pro-black and protecting black, black lives and all of that stuff. So I definitely see a parallel. I also see the parallel that I see is how it can be taken as a threat, just as the Black Panthers were. Uh-huh taken as a threat and that's why you know ultimately they were infiltrated and shut down because you know it just it, it, the government was threatened by their power and i could see how black lives matter doesn't you know i think it's a different spectrum of of things that they're not doing they're not carrying guns they're not you know they're not they're not literally yeah walking around you know the same way <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> a little bit different. They're right? not armed, right? They, yeah, it's a little different, but I do see a parallel. And um, I could see why people would get afraid of that because it's like, oh, now you have these groups of black angry. You know, some some people think they're angry protesters and they can incite violence. You never know. Like, I don't know. I don't know enough about it to talk about it, but I do definitely see a parallel. Cool. Yeah, that's something, to, I guess, for uh, yeah, just to to think about for sure. It just kind of came to me while you were talking. I'm like, I wonder, you know, but that, uh, you know, mm -hmm. it's just kind of speculation at this point and uh, probably bears a lot more uh, research, but I don't know. I'll dive into that and I'll, I'll send you, I'll let you know what I come yeah, up with or know. if you come up with anything too or talk with anybody. Um, cool. So we'll, I'll move us on to a little bit more of a, a different, back to more of a, just you, the, the Erica blocker um mm -hmm. and we're gonna say the erica blocker because you know okay. we'll see what who who knows what you're going to achieve in this life you know i may be asking for your autograph pretty soon here i don't know <laughs> <laughs> you might yeah <laughs> <never> seriously <laughs> okay so and i always i don't know why i feel i need to preface this with i don't mean to be macabre but i'm just gonna go ahead and ask it when you when you die how do you want to be remembered i want to be remembered as a good person someone who cared about people gave her best and did everything she could to treat people with kindness, compassion, love. And yeah, that's it. Like, I just want to be known as a good person. Someone who did, you know, brought, added, added something, like left her mark on the world in a way that she'll always, always be remembered and leave a legacy for her children, her grandchildren, great grandchildren, and just some, in some way made the world a better place. Cool. And what gives you in this world, what gives you the most sense of uh, peace and, uh, and wonder, if you will? What, what brings you to those moments of complete and utter clarity when you see things and you just are at peace? I am at peace when I'm near the ocean. Whenever I go 
and I listen or I just sit on the beach and listen to the waves or watch them, I feel like that is the most peaceful place that I could be in. And it just makes me feel such a, a state of tranquility that it, I, I don't know, it's just so relaxing and it's so peaceful and I feel so connected to God. And I just feel like, wow, he made this. It's so beautiful. And, and at this moment, there's nothing that can like disrupt that or, or alter my state of mind. It's just even when I'm there and the kids are like, if they're doing something that normally would irritate me, it doesn't even bother me. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Whatever. Go do whatever. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so that's my, my greatest, I think, moment of peace. Yeah. Gotcha. Cool. Well, I have just one last question. And this is the one that uh, I, I kind of want to encapsulate your worldview. So I want to imagine something for me. I'm going to kind of take you on a journey. And I do this with every every one of my uh, interviewees. Um, and I'll probably have to change it up pretty soon here because, you know, it's the same. I pretty much ask the same thing. But first, have you ever seen the the series Sherlock on Netflix? No. Okay. Nope. With that. Okay. Well, let me use a different person then here. What's what's your, if, do you have a favorite movie or favorite television show? Uh, I don't really watch TV because I don't have time. But... <laughs> yeah, totally. That's good. You don't have time to watch Happy Days every day after work. <laughs> what? I don't get it. Not that much. But if I had to pick right now, like the one show that I do kind of watch a lot is Being Mary Jane. Being Mary like, Jane. Okay, let me look here. And Being Mary Jane. I'm just going to do, if you can just bear with me here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it stars... Gabriel Union is the uh looks like the lead mm-hmm. lead actress there, Gabriel Union. Yeah. Okay. She is. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, that sets the precedent for me then here. So let's <laughs> imagine that one day you are walking through Central Park. And it's a beautiful spring day. For some reason, you're you you're in New York. You just you know, you're in New Jersey, right? So it makes, you know, you probably go to New York sometimes. Yeah, I could, I could totally be in Central Park, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful spring day in Central Park. You know, you have kids wandering around, people eating ice cream, flowers are blooming and all that good stuff. When all of a sudden, people freeze somehow and a spacecraft appears. And out steps from that spacecraft, Gabriel from your television show, Being Mary Jane. Now, it's not actual, actually Gabriel, but... This alien looks and acts just like Gabriel, and you're like, I don't even understand what's going on here. Kind of takes you by surprise. But this person is like, okay, I've been watching you from afar, from our own planet, and we just want to know. Well, and we've seen that, you know, you sometimes when you have like five minutes out of your entire year to watch this show, that's why we wanted to appear as, as Gabriel for you. We want to know how you see life here. We only have five minutes, too, because we're busy as well on our planet. We have so many things we're doing, and we actually have a Moms with Dreams program that we've implemented by watching you. But we want to know how you see and understand life on this planet, and we want to bring it back and just kind of like document it for our, uh, you know, our archives and all that. We're, we're kind of like, I don't know, doing a little, we're documenting all the planets and in other galaxies and all that good stuff. But you only have five minutes to do so. What would you tell this alien as the sole representative of the planet Earth, telling them how you see and understand life on the planet? 
I would say that life on the planet is amazing. You, like I said earlier, you have the ability to do whatever it is that you want to do. Like there are no limits and you have the power. Like if you can set your mind to doing something, then you can actually do it. When you think about anything that you want to, like you may try to like think of something that's so big and crazy, but if you really break it down, you're like, oh, that's not that hard. I can just start here and take this next step and then I'll do this and then keep taking these steps. And before I know it, I will be exactly where I want it to be. It may not look how you thought it was going to look, but you can certainly achieve it. So I would just say that life on the planet is full of possibilities. It's beautiful. It's amazing. The world is made up of so many incredible people. And the true beauty is the relationships that you make with people and how you get to connect with them and learn from them. And it's just, it's like endless. It's so, it's just, it's wonderful. And I'm, I wouldn't want to be on any other planet because I don't know what life is like out there in the rest of the galaxy, but I do know that I am fortunate to live in this time of, you know, in space and, and whatever, because I wouldn't want to live in any other time frame. I feel like this is the best time to be alive because we have access to so many different things. And um, one of those being the internet, which has made the world a much smaller place. So we have the ability to connect with people all over the world where we once didn't have that ability. So it just feels like, you know, now more than ever is the time for us to really latch on to the possibilities and really connect with who we are and who and what we want to accomplish and what we're here to do and really just go for it. I feel like now is that moment and nothing is promised. So we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. So I say that I love being able to live in the moment and have the freedom to choose to do what I want to do with my life and have the freedom to live where I want to live, you know, um, travel when I want and express myself freely and not feel like I'm going to be punished or killed for for expressing my my values, for sharing my talents and gifts, for just making my Erica mark on the planet. So that's what I would say about life here on planet Earth. Thank you so much. That's that's great. And when you said when you said having Erica making your Erica mark on the planet, I literally had an image of planet Earth with big Erica lettering on it. <laughs> I really, I honestly did myself. Love it, it was pretty awesome. So thank you for that image. It was cool. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you for the question. That was a cool question. Yeah, of course, of course. Cool. Well, that that is uh, all I have for you right now to ask. And I, once again, appreciate all, you know, your time is super valuable. And I'm so glad I ran into you at the podcast movement conference in Anaheim. Yeah, same, same, me too. Hopefully we can- For real, like- Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I was really happy too. I, I loved the conversation that we had and I was really, I'm glad that we got a chance to do the interview. It's great. And I love your podcast. I love what you're doing. I love the concept of it. It's so creative and just a unique twist on life, which is really good. Cool. I appreciate that too. Cool. Well, let me know if, you know, I can do anything to help out with, you know, if moms and dreams need any uh, more shout outs or, or whatever. I mean, I'm definitely going to be including it in this podcast and putting it on the blog and uh, putting links up and all that good stuff. But, you know, just let me know if I can help out too, because I, I really do appreciate you taking the time out to do this. Absolutely. And, and same goes for you. Hey. 
Thank you so much for checking out this episode of In the Shoes Of. If you like or don't like the podcast, feel free to leave a review or reach out to me. My email is jnickel42 at gmail.com. Can't promise you I'll get back to you right away, but I'll definitely try and get to it. Anyway, thank you so much for checking it out. Until the next time, see you later.